0: Game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan
1: bull marks to the Florida Panthers for their victory this afternoon at Rogers Place. They take it to the Edmonton Oilers 6-2. Edmonton's first loss on home ice this year. They're now 5 and 1 at Rogers Place. They sink to 8-3 and 1 on the season. The Panthers kind of a funny looking record, but they've only gone home without a point twice this year. They're now 5-2 and 4 and the Panthers the better team tonight, especially early in periods, which we'll talk about on overtime open line. We can also hear from you at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can text six thirty six thirty, and we'll have post game reaction from both dressing rooms. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, live in studio ninety nine. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Hope your afternoon has uh, been a good one, despite the the result of this game. Well, I, I mean the the Panthers were way better early. They they were out shooting. Edmonton seven nothing until the Oilers finally got a shot with about twelve minutes left in the first. The Oilers survived the first period three goals in two oh five. Early in the second period for Florida, and then even to compound it, they get another goal early in the third. I'm not saying that's the only problem the Oilers had today because they they were pretty badly outplayed, but the the starts of periods were extremely poor.
2: And, and something that we've seen a few times this season. And normally their goaltenders have bailed them out and. Tonight, Mike Smith did that in the first period. But you're putting a lot of pressure on your goalies to play perfect games when you give up golden opportunities time and time again. And eventually in the second period, three golden opportunities that eventually Mike Smith broke. And it was funny because I think Chase said at the end of the first period, we bent, but we didn't break. Well, in the second period, the Oilers broke early. And it just, the insurmountable lead that the Panthers got, the, the Oilers goaltending, each and every game thus far has kept them within striking distance with big saves at the right time while well, the Oilers again f- found themselves behind but uh, another couple of big mistakes and the Panthers were able to extend the lead and when you're a team right now that scores primarily with your first line and your power play only three goals is too many goals to overcome and the Oilers weren't able to come
1: back. Yeah well and you know the Oilers they, they played a much better game against Washington on on Thursday, even down 3-1 after the second period. It's not an ideal situation, but you felt like, you know, okay, they didn't win that period, but they played well in the first and they bounced back. But again, led by primarily McDavid and Dreisaitl in that game. Uh, Those two guys, I mean, this this was a team loss, but the Oilers' stars didn't look great tonight either. Everybody had sloppy moments. It didn't look like a game You know, you can't go inside their heads, but it didn't look like the concentration level was there and and the attention to detail was there like it has been other games. Well,
2: all teams have off nights. Uh, They do. And and sometimes they escape it with a a stellar goaltender performance or a couple lucky bounces. Tonight, the goaltending was okay, uh, but they didn't get the bounces they need. And Florida was better. Florida won the battles. Florida won the races. Uh, Florida got, when they got their chances, they capitalized. Uh, and, and Florida, for, I mean, they scored six goals and they, they botched some really good scoring chances as well. They had two two-on-ones they get a, didn't get a shot on. And they had a puck on the goal line that they couldn't get another three, four inches across. Uh, this was, a, as you said, an effort from top to bottom. And, I, I mean, a great example of it, the, the Oilers tonight, every single player, except for Chase on and Chris Russell, every single player was minus on their team tonight. And when you look at the points, it's the same four guys. Yeah, Nugent Hopkins had a point, McDavid, uh, Chase on Neil, Mc, uh, and Dreisaitl. You look at the uh, the other side, every single player on the Florida Panthers except for two were plus. Right. And they had 12 guys with points. So that shows you the difference. They were getting production from everywhere, top to bottom. And to me, it shows you that... The first lines if you compare them florida's first line was better florida's second line third fourth defense was better and in net they were better so florida deserved the victory and the oilers fortunately have a, a nice little trip coming up where they can try to make amends but this was not a, a great effort by the oilers today
1: i thought as well there were a lot of situations in this game where the Oilers didn't appear to be trouble in trouble and then were in trouble and, and a lot of plays that More often than not, it's one thing to be under pressure and and have a turnover or lose a battle. Of course that happens. But there were plays where it looked like, okay, this should be a routine breakout. Florida's changing. Mm -hmm. They've dumped it in. They're slow getting it on the forecheck. Edmonton's going to have time to make a couple passes. And passes were botched or off the stick or the puck was held onto for too long. And then the Panthers got something out of what should have been nothing. Yep.
2: Well, it was sloppy. Uh, I think the Oilers were sloppy. Uh, if, uh, I mean, go to the Ethan Bear goal, throw, he's got a little bit of pressure on him, throws it up the boards, it turns into, you know, a, a partial breakaway com- coming off the, the boards. Uh, there's a 50-50 battle where uh, the puck's in front of the net and Boyle ends up with the puck, he's by himself, and walks right around the goaltender Smith at that point. It, it was just, there's been nights where the Oilers have had passengers, but they've also had stars that were able to carry them. Tonight, there were just more passengers, and there weren't enough players that had their A game. And in the National Hockey League, those those games are hard to win. I thought Florida had a, a perfect game plan. I thought they played top to bottom very well. There are some players that I did not know before the game, but I'm certainly going to watch a little more that Uyghur on defense. I thought he had an exceptional game on the back end. They've got some young players up front with a, with a ton of speed that, that create things out of nothing. They move the puck well. Uh, it was it was a great example for the Oilers that if you don't bring your A game and you play against another team that knows what they're doing you can find yourself on the losing end in the Oilers did today.
1: 6-2 the Panthers take it. Uh, Mackenzie Weger named the first star today. Leon Dreisleitel the second star Alexander Barkoff the third star. We're going to give out the fourth star for White Eagle Homes built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. We do almost always uh, picking <laughs> a couple times over the years we've, we've declined to pick anybody but uh, I'll go with James Neal 10th goal the season is, is a nice milestone especially when it's only game number 14 so I'll hand it to Neal he got the shot tipping in off his pads today so he, he has overall been a positive story got the Oilers power play back on the board after they'd had a, an 0 for 10 run
2: yeah, it was funny. He, he didn't even start that power play either. Uh, Chase on started that power play. Neil came out partway through and got in front of the net. Uh, it was a nice play by So Their power play hadn't played well. and you, you had mentioned it between periods. They've struggled a little bit. Uh, teams are doing a much better job of lining up on the blue line and not allowing them the easy access. Uh, when, you, when that happens, you got to start dumping the puck in hard, forcing them back, and creating the, the offensive chance that way. Teams, Whatever team has success, and the Oilers did early in the season on their power play, teams dissect the video and find out how can we stop this, how can we take such and such away. And over the last few games, they've done a much, teams have done a much better job at not allowing the Oilers to set up. Because when the Oilers set up, they're hard to stop. The, way, the key to stop the Oilers' power play is not allow them... Access to the offensive zone and for most of the time tonight the Florida Panthers did a pretty good job
1: That's our adjustment of the game for the alberta college and association of chiropractors If it hurts see a chiropractor visit albertachiro.com. So 12 games in It's it's not a blip with no offense from the bottom six. It's it's a little Well, I mean it is concerning. There's no there's no doubt about that and it and it has been all year uh, it's going to get more pronounced the longer it continues. You know those players are thinking about it. You mentioned it, Rob. You went through it in your career. If you mm-hmm. see a zero in the goal column, or yep. if, if it's midway through the season and all of a sudden it's two or three weeks without a goal, it, it's we're going to see what they're going to do. I don't know if a call up necessarily is going to come and and save a line or save a combination of lines. Uh, you know Nygard going to be back. That'll certainly add speed when when he comes back. Uh, you, you know it's it's interesting because last season, you know a lot of it. A lot of the lack of depth scoring fell on, on Reeder mm-hmm. and and obviously on Lucic, who his first year with the Oilers wasn't a depth scorer. He was one of the, the primary scorers. You know, this year, Holland went out and, and got some guys. You know, Archibald had a 12-gold season. You know, Shane's had several double-digit seasons. Granlin has had several uh, double-digit seasons. So there were... You're still maybe taking a risk, but it, it seemed like he was making enough bets that you hope you're... Even if you're not hitting on all of them, you're going to hit on some of them. And I, I would have thought, yeah, okay, you know, probably. But now here we are. We're talking about depth guys with, with zeros again.
2: Well, if after 12 games, the bottom, let's say, seven or eight forwards. So you're including the guys who have been hurt or scratched. Or Alex Chason, who's up on the second, second line. Yeah, so seven or eight, if all of them had one goal on the season, which isn't asking too much. Right. You think about it, 12 games in, if they all they're had one goal... They're on pace times, for eight. Yeah, they're on pace for eight. So if they all had one goal, just think how much better the Oilers would be. That would be eight or nine more goals on the season. Right. And instead, they all have zero, which is is shocking. Um, and what it does is it puts a lot of pressure on your top two lines, and it puts... A lot of pressure on the decisions by Dave Tippett and that's why you're seeing in games because the others do play a lot of close games and we've seen they've been down in the third period or even going into the third period so that puts a lot of pressure on the decisions to play McDavid and Drysaddle every second shift like I don't know about you tonight but when I'm sitting up there and the scores 4-1-4-2 when Drysaddle and McDavid stepped on the ice says, okay there's a chance we can get a goal here
1: well they almost scored the shift right after the 4-2 goal
2: but when they left the ice I, I the the Oilers don't scare anyone right now, and that's that's tough to, to coach, and that's tough to to be a player because it, it's just too much pressure on McDavid and Drysaddle to be great every night. No, they weren't. This was not their best game. Uh, having said that, Drysaddle still had a goal and an assist. McDavid had an assist in the game too. Yeah. So they need help. They need someone else to step up. And again, we're not. You're not asking a third and fourth line guy to you know, have a hat trick or a two goal night or a four point night or have three goals over a weekend. You're asking a line every couple of games to score one goal. And I know there were a couple of chances tonight. Um, Jujar had two whacks at one on one shift. We had a couple opportunities. But then as the game went on, it, it dried up and the Oilers third and fourth lines and their second line for, for big parts weren't creating a whole lot. And the Oilers they need to figure something out. Because there are going to be teams that are just going to completely try to shut down the top line. Yeah. And right now, if you shut down the top line, you win the hockey game.
1: Yeah, and, and, and you said it. Those guys, you don't need... I mean, it's nice if you get an explosive game, but you need them to chip in. And I know this has been an ongoing discussion on this show, on, on my nightly talk show on Ched. And I know some people have written in and said, well, like, how do you expect those guys to score if they're playing 10 minutes or whatever? But... You know, I had Matthew Barnaby on on Friday. And most <laughs> of <love> his <laughs> And most of his career, what was he? He was an agitator. Yep. Uh, go out, check, obviously be a little bit of a, a jerk. Uh, and I said, okay, you often were a third or fourth liner. How did you approach it? And he said, he said you know what, if I'm having a game where uh, I'm playing three minutes and I'm not on the score sheet, what do you, what do you want me to do? Like I'm yep. getting a shift or two, a period, and I'm – just getting thrown into the game but he goes even if i'm playing nine ten eleven minutes every third or fourth or fifth game i at least gotta have an assist like i gotta yep. be part of a line that creates something so you know i get it those guys don't play a lot they maybe don't get as many chances but players who have been in that role and even even you rob I mean, yeah I've,
2: I've been in that you role had too. to
1: do that at times in your career too you can't just say okay i'm only going to play even i'm only going to try not to be minus like it's going to be well, something.
2: And, I mean, again, if, if all of the Edmonton Oilers, bottom nine players, had one goal this year, they'd be on pace for eight goals or seven goals, and the Oilers would be that much better off. But all of them have zero. So it, it's tough. You've got to – I mean, the kid on the other team, that I, and I knew nothing about him coming At Jace, Har- Jace Harlick. Jace Horlick
1: played for the Wheat Kings.
2: Yeah, ten minutes he played tonight. He had a goal and assist was plus two. Goal and assist plus two, and this is a – and he's, he's on their fourth line. So the Florida Panthers – Their top line scored two goals tonight. And then they got four goals from other players on their team. That's one thing that the Oilers are desperate for right now.
1: Yep. 6-2, the Panthers take it tonight. Definitely the better team. We'll get to some of your phone calls in a couple of minutes, but let's go down to the Oilers Hall of Fame room, courtesy GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Head coach Dave Tippett.
3: Can you explain going from ghastly to great to ghastly again and and also uh, discuss your goaltending decision
4: today? Uh, goaltending decision is an easy one. We've got back-to-backs coming this week, so we, uh, we're, we're planning for today and the future of the week. So that's what the goaltending decision came down to. And uh, frustrating to go from the point where we... You know, in the game we got out, competed, and we uh, and the execution we just didn't execute near to the level of Florida did, and we chased the whole game. And our goaltender never, you know, goaltending has been very good. Tonight it was uh, was average and didn't bail us out. But we didn't uh, we didn't give the goaltenders much of a chance
5: but Dave, you're starting the games you're always chasing them and you're starting the games the t- other teams often score first or you're behind in the game after the first period what
4: why uh, I would say I would say there's some of the games where we've been behind and I don't I think we're the better team in the game, and there's some games where uh, we've scored first, but tonight, right from the first shift, first shift to the first period, the first shift to the second period, we weren't very good in each of those shifts, and it led to the whole. You could just see the momentum in the period goes from there.
5: Dave, just on the on the supplementary scoring, what are you seeing from the guys who you know you you're looking to for supplementary scoring? Are right? you seeing the effort that you need? And and
4: yeah, it's it's uh it's funny that. When we're ahead in a game and those guys are really doing their job, they have a real mindset to check hard and that, you uh, you know, they have an impact in the game. But when you're chasing a game, it uh, it's harder for them, right? They haven't contributed as much as they want. And I think there's a lot of those guys that are feeling that pressure, you know, and we'll just keep pounding away at it. We've got to find something down there that uh, at least creating some opportunities and, I really feel like once they get on the board and get going I think everybody'll loosen up a little bit but right now it's uh you got a lot of guys that are pressing down there so that was my question it seems like those that bottom six got out work tonight which purely a whole group our whole group got out work not just the bottom six okay so do you feel like they're pressing for offense just Changes their game. The fact that no one scored makes everyone down there try to play a different game than they should be. No, no, we just playing it. You can still work whether you're playing an offensive game or a defensive game. Work is work, and it's it's a combination of work and execution. We chased the puck all overnight. like we we didn't execute very well. But it's uh, Florida played quick. They were on top of us quick, forced some plays, and we didn't react very well to it. And what do you do next? Uh, we'll go to Detroit and play Detroit on Tuesday or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, you got to get back. We've we've got a pretty good identity of who we think we are, but we have to get more consistency in doing it. And in fact, I think we have been pretty consistent doing it. But there's been a couple games where we've got to be better, and we'll just go back. We have got to be better at. It.
1: All right, that's uh, head coach Dave Tippett. We actually had someone come up to us in, in Studio 99 about uh, Smith going out for the second uh, period after being shaken up late in the first. He didn't really address it specifically. He must have, I mean, he may have, he may have been hit in a sensitive male area.
2: Yeah, I mean, he stayed down. He, he also could have taken it off. I, I never saw a replay, uh, but I know that when a goalie stays down for a little bit and a ref comes over and talks to him, that the trainers are on it. And between periods, the trainers would have talked to to Mike Smith. They would have relayed whatever he said to the coaching staff. And it would have been, yeah, I'm good. And he he went on. Uh, I don't think the goals that he let in had anything to do with what happened in the first period. It was just sloppy play by the Oilers. And Smith didn't get the big save he needed. So uh, if he was capable of going in and told the coach that, then he was. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Mike Smith. He sat on the bench the whole second in third period too. If there was any injury he would not have been back out on the bench. So Mike Smith was fine. It just he as as well as the rest of the team was just a little off tonight.
1: Panthers take it 6-2. They scored 3 goals in the first Two and a half minutes, basically, uh, in a stretch of 2.05 early in the second period to go up 3 nothing. They got a goal early in the third to go up 4 nothing. The Oilers got two back. And then in the last two and a half minutes, the Panthers got an empty netter and then another one with Kostin back in the cage to make it 6-2. That's your final $50 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous courtesy Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They're giving 25 for every goal the Oilers score throughout the season. We do appreciate that. All right, we have uh, Michael standing by on the line. Michael, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Michael. Yeah, I'm just,
5: uh, just wondering about the scheduling. Like, they got, what was it seem to get, you know, screwed up, basically, uh, the hockey night in Canada evening games. So the game against Pittsburgh, is 11.30 in the morning. you think a game like that would be prime time, not... 11.30 in the morning when, you know, I'm taking kids to hockey or practice or a game or whatever, and I have to miss the game. Like, I think it's a joke. I think they really dropped the ball, the schedule makers.
1: No, I don't and think not, so. Not, I think they, they, play, playing, they, they play, play they play walk, afternoon obviously. games in the East all the time. And, uh, they, I mean, they played yeah, the Rangers right, earlier. I mean, They're going a... <laughs> to play Pittsburgh this year. They've been playing that way since I was a kid, quite frankly. They've had 11 a.m. games out East.
2: Yeah, I mean, I... The, all teams have the same schedule. They all have back-to-backs. They all have afternoon games. Uh, the, there's a, a dude that has a computer that tries to do the best he can based on the, the dates and, and arenas availability. So, uh, I mean, I, I'd love for every game myself to be an afternoon game. It's way better. I get to go home, have a nice meal, and good night's sleep. So they never, ever confer with me when they decide the schedules for the Oilers.
1: Yeah, it's, that's uh, in a can't Comment in contrast to a a lot of people who have felt that the Oilers had an easy schedule. They had an easy out of the game. They they haven't had any back-to-backs yet. Mm -hmm. First one almost uh, a month into the season. Uh, I I know a lot of the evaluation of the schedule was based on how teams finished last year, which to me carries a a little bit of weight, but not not a not a ton of weight. I I think he just he just would prefer it was better time for him to watch the game. I think that's probably. Yeah, I mean, Edmonton Pittsburgh, sure, you got a match up there, but uh, I, don't, I don't know what else is on TV in the Pittsburgh region on that day.
2: Well, just PVR it. I don't know, is it still called PVR it or videotape yeah, or whatever, whatever it is. is? And just turn off social media and go home and watch it at the time you want to watch it at.
1: Yeah. But the, and if you were talking about matinees, we, we mentioned before the game the Oilers have been historically bad in matinees, even when they had a good team. They often didn't do well in matters. But
2: I know that Bob talks about, he thinks it's, it favors the East. I, I mean, the one thing we could look at, look at Calgary's record, look at the Canucks record, see how they are in the, or L.A. or yeah, Anaheim or that. all those other teams that are out in the West. I mean, I, I, was, I always played in the East when I played. I enjoyed afternoon games just because I hated the, the waiting to play. I hated when you had an 8 o'clock game and you have to wait all day to play it. I'd like to have it, in it right away, so I didn't have to worry about it.
1: Uh, this texter says, hey, guys, it feels like no matter who the Oilers have in the bottom six, it never clicks year over year. Do you think there's some kind of systematic issue? Uh, I don't.
2: No, it's because a different coach. Yeah, they've had a number of different coaches. Uh, the Oilers, well, I mean, I'd love when you and I had some time to go through the, the end of the season last year, the players they had in their bottom six or eight where they're playing this year, because they had a lot of guys that were not NHL ready hockey players, and that's why their bottom six or eight wasn't as strong last year. They had guys that uh, were AHL type players. Uh, this year, the Oilers should be better in their bottom six, just based on where these guys have played and what they've produced I mean, they're all the experienced past. for yeah. the most part. And they've all had success in the National league. We're not talking guys that have had seasons of one or two goals. They've got a number of guys that have had double-digit goals yep. playing in their bottom six. Um, it's, so it's, it's not systematic. It's not. Uh, the Oilers are, were not able to go out and spend Bigger money to find bigger names in their bottom six because they had none. They had no money, so they had to be creative. And I thought they did a pretty good job addressing a lot of issues, including penalty killing in their bottom six. They just need these players. Some of these players, I do not believe, are playing up to their abilities yet. grandlin's had what do you have? 12 goals last year. He has looked uh, nothing like the player that you saw him play when he was with the Vancouver Canucks. So there's players that just have to be better.
1: All right, 6-2. The Panthers win it tonight. They uh, lost a wild one the other night in Calgary, 6-5 in a shootout. They get the win today. They are now 5-2-4 and on the season. Their coach, Joel Quinville, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees.
6: Coach, really good energy, really good effort from the very start of this game. Do you feel like your guys were able to set that tone in the way they came out in the first period? Yeah, that we had a great start to the game, good start in the second, uh, that we had a heck of a game tonight in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, I thought we had uh, good defensive zone own time with it, uh, that we made a lot of nice plays, some good individual plays on the goals. Yeah. Um, so certainly it was uh, and Bob was made some key big saves early in the game. And something it like that defense. you also like to see, tight defense. You've mentioned how the defense has gotten better with each
0: game. Do you feel like defense was really strong
6: today? I thought we had some real good stretches, but they did have some good looks at some times because they got some real dangerous players. All of a sudden it doesn't look like much is happening all of a sudden they're all alone. So there was a, uh, some key saves. Um, we got tested a little bit defensively, but I, you know it was one of those. you know, It was a rare time where we had a, a, that type of a lead in the third period and we found out that uh, you know they came back a couple times to make it close and then uh, I still thought we did some good things after. What was the message to the guys after going up three nothing to kind of keep your foot on the gas well let's keep playing the right way and that was kind of a test knowing that uh, you know i think that uh, playing with the lead is something that uh, we've been playing catch up a little bit in a lot of these games and then just doing the right things off of that you get some good opportunities you get uh, some great scoring chances we had some real good long cycle shifts as well in that period so it was a uh, you know do the right things simple things what's one of the uh, saves bobbing tonight they made some key saves, key saves early, uh, some dangerous looks uh, all alone, a couple down the, you know, uh, yeah, David on the power play all alone over there and then one side. So there was some, some real dangerous looks that he, yeah, you know, he was, he, was, he was key. All
1: right, that's Joel Quenville, 895th regular season win as an NHL head coach, second most all time. This is just an amazing career for Quenville. Yeah, and uh, but I just throw this out yeah. for perspective. He's still over three hundred wins behind Scotty Bowman. <laughs> like that's that's incredible. Yeah, I,
2: I, I I've known players that have played for Quenville, and I've never heard a bad word said about the man. The guy uh, is a player's coach. Uh, he's a fair coach, and wherever he goes, success follows him. So uh, he, he'd be a type of guy that. You know, when we talk about free agents, where they want to go, and they, they think, well, they look at the city, they look at that type of team. Well, teams look or players look at coaches, and he's a type of player, a coach that can attract good free agents. And we saw that the Florida Panthers went out and got him as a coach and all of a sudden went out and got some pretty good players to fill in their roster. I think Florida has got a very good hockey club. The unknown players are really good hockey players. And then you throw in the Huberdos and the Barkovs and players like that.
1: They got Bobrovsky and they got Cornville. Those are two of the biggest off-season yep. signings in the NHL, I think.
2: And it's, it's pay- well, I mean, they're doing well. I mean, I think they have to work on their three-on-three three or their shootout as they've got a yep. four or five losses that way. But,
1: uh, but again, they- the value of getting a point mm-hmm. if you're winning most of the time, I mean, now we're, uh, so what, what was this for them, game 13? What do they have, two games? Sorry, game 11. They've only lost twice in regulation, regulation- time. So they've only gone home empty, em- empty-handed twice. Yeah,
2: it's and I can see why the way they play. They are a team that seems deep, and they're missing one of their. Oh, they're missing two very good hockey players out of tonight's lineup
1: as well. Six two. The Panthers beat the Oilers today. Neal and Drysital, the goal scorers for Edmonton. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll welcome Ricky to the show. Hey, Ricky, go ahead.
7: Uh, hi guys, I just actually have a quick question with regards to uh, certain announcements that that's being made. Uh, I'm not sure if is uh, everyone says that or not, but as a uh, hypothetical question, if the Oilers have one goal and the opposing team have two goals, a lot of times uh, Jack Michaels will say uh, two unanswered goals uh, by the opposing team. And I guess I just wanted you guys to explain to me why it's this two unanswered goals if the two first two goals should cancel each other out. From no, it's two like, straight. Doing, it's right? two
1: straight goals. So if the Oilers oh. score first and the other team scores the next two, the Oilers have not answered those goals. That's that's what they mean. Sense, gotcha. Yeah. Thanks. No problem. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It is a six two win for the Florida Panthers this afternoon. Let's go back down to the Oilers room, courtesy of GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. gcldiesel.com. Here's Leon Drysaddle.
3: Yeah, what we'll uh maybe just take us through
5: that two minute stretch there to the start of that period, kinda of what you guys maybe got away from or didn't
7: work Everything. It's just didn't support each other. Uh lazy plays up the wall, like forwards not, um you know back backtracking starts with starts with our line, starts with me. Um just kind of yeah, I lost the game there.
1: You guys, um, quite a few times this year, you guys have been behind chasing games a little bit. Sometimes you're able to pull out. What's happening? Do you think that
7: maybe you're not starting on time? or? Yeah, it's... Oh, I don't know. I mean, today the start was, um, wasn't was good. Uh, the, the last seven minutes of the first period, we got our legs under us, and then the start of the second was just um, yeah, not, not good enough, so uh, we've got to fix it.
1: All right, that's Leon Dreisaitl, Brendan Escott working the Oilers dressing room. Well, I mean, c- clearly not good enough. We we talked about the start of periods being especially bad, and I really noticed today the-, the Oilers have talked about supporting each other, playing as a five-man unit, and not getting too spaced out. They They really got spaced out today. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one thing, teams are good. They're going to get shots from high scoring areas, but you can't give them time to... Okay, going to get the puck. Oh, I'm going to look up. Oh, I'm sizing it up. Where's the goalie? Okay, (laughs) uh, there's my spot.
2: I mean, I'd have to see the replay again, but just off the top of my head, the the one example is Ethan Baer. He's being forechecked. He's being pushed back. He's got really not a lot of play. There's no support. He throws the puck up the boards. It was about 25 feet the puck went, there was no oiler in, in sight. It, all of a sudden the Florida Panther player picks it up and walks that right in. That was the goal, yeah. yeah. so normally there would be support there. So sometimes when a, a player makes what you would think would be a bad play, he's really kind of on an island. He's like, where do I go with this puck? Because there's normally, as we've seen a number of times, Bear punches that little eight-foot pass into the middle of the ice or someone there waiting for it. So the Oilers, their support wasn't as good. And, and Dave Tipp talked about it from top to bottom. It wasn't one or two or five or six or seven or eight. It was top to bottom. The entire team wasn't as good as it needed to be. And they played a, a Florida Panther team that was strong from top to bottom. I don't know if you could say there was a passenger on the Panthers team and the score is indicative of that.
1: 6-2 Florida wins, 7 8 4 We have Corey standing by. Corey, you're also gonna finish the play with us, but go ahead with your thought first.
6: Awesome,
0: I just, uh, just wanna know your guys' opinion or thoughts I guess. If there's any bottom six type fours that you think would realistically actually be available if the Oilers wanted to go out and make that message to the team that they wanted to win and acquire
2: somebody. Um, honestly, I-, I wouldn't have any idea. I'd have, You'd have to go through uh, all the different newspaper articles from all the other teams to see who's not happy with who. Uh, I don't know what's out there. Uh, again, to get somebody, you have to move somebody and you're not moving from strength if you're trying to move someone that's struggling on your team so i think the oilers uh, with with ken holland went out and found players that have had success in this league before and they've got them playing on their bottom six and they're just hoping for more out of them they've got a number of guys that have scored in this league not 25 30 goals but 10 15 goals and right now they're all sitting at zero. So something's got to give. They just need a little chemistry, a little confidence, and a bounce. But, yes, I think the players they have are what they're going with. They just need those players to be better.
1: Yeah, a good question. I, I mean, I think they, they have a couple forwards injured, not for a long – I mean, Archibald might miss a month. He might only miss a couple of weeks. Um, you know, now Nygaard, Nygaard is the one guy who scored out of the bottom six players. They'll certainly want his speed back. So I would think they'll – see what they kind of have internally. Um, you know, somebody uh, texted my show the other night and said, you know, would the Oilers go, go and get a player like Eric Stahl? Well, you'd love Eric Stahl. you got to pay him. Uh, and Minnesota's but, not giving yeah. up on their season yet. No, it, That's an interesting name, though. No, it, it could it, well, be out there down the road. but oh, oh, and he would make any team better. Yeah, sure.
2: But I, I just, you got to remember, too, that any player like that that's out there that would make any team better every other team would like that player as well. So you're, you're not just saying, the Oilers aren't the only ones who's gonna say, okay, I hear he's free, we'd like him. There'd be other people looking yeah. too. I, I think I think you're, it's way too early in the season to be looking at that. I think the Oilers' record is good. I think they're, they've played well most of the games this season. Mm-hmm. I think they're just hoping that uh, something starts to click in their bottom six. Someone can find some chemistry. They'll find, they'll find ice time. If someone starts playing and putting the puck in the net, they'll find themselves on the ice more and more.
1: R- uh, Corey, I'll ask you a question while we got you because you're obviously watching. Which which of the Oilers' depth players did you maybe expect a little bit more from by this point of the season? Is there one or two guys that you really thought, oh, I like that signing, and now he's still stuck with that zero? Uh,
6: I think some of the names you guys are talking about are the obvious ones, like Archibald and Granlin, but then it kind of cautions put to caution from last year when we shipped off their Strom, and that was kind of a seemed to be a negative turning point when we could have just maybe waited on that too so i think patience is key too
2: yeah that's a great point because Strom went on to have an excellent season with the
1: rangers and start up with out, 18 goals yeah. Started
2: out very well again this year too
1: all right we're going to finish the play with cory he already has up to eight days parking at jet set parking the best price on edmonton airport parking Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as 5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. What do we have for the highlight? dry centers, deflected
5: home. Beautiful tip. dry put it right on the stick of Nugent Hopkins, and it might have caught
1: a piece of James Neal on its way in. All right, who, who indeed did get credit for that goal, Corey? Was it Nugent or Neal?
6: I believe Neal got credit.
1: Neil got credit, power play goal. He's up to 10 goals on the season. The Oilers power play getting back in the goal column with that one. So, Corey's name is going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting. That's valued at 1000 bucks. Safe, adrenaline-pumping, fun, Fast Track Karting, com. I saw some people on Twitter saying, man, that's like two goals Neil's taken away from Nudes this season because <laughs> he, he tipped that other one that might have been going in anyway. Th- this one, I think, was for sure going in.
2: Probably. Uh, But but these are the type of goals that uh, goal scorers like Neil get. I mean, uh, for any Euler fan that's been a fan for years and years, this is the kind of goals that Ryan Smith would get. You just hang out in the blue paint. Eventually, pucks have to come by you. Uh, He scored the goal not because anything great that he did to put the puck in the net, but by being in the right place and being the nuisance for the goaltender and so it was, it was good on him and we'll continue. He'll, he'll continue to take those goals for the rest of the career or the rest of the season but for him right now to have 10 goals I don't know if anyone would have put money on after 12-13 games whatever the Oilers have played that Neil would have 10 on the season after having a career low last year so good on him uh, and it was actually in the scheme of the game not a big goal but a confidence boost for a power play that had been struggling as of late, they finally got a power play goal, hopefully that'll be uh, a start of something a little more successful on the power play on this upcoming road trip. All
1: right. this texter says, goaltending hasn't been an issue, top six hasn't been an issue so that leaves the bottom six in secondary scoring, seems like Kara doesn't do anything anytime he touches the puck, there are things the Oilers can do with trades like they could go after Josh Hostang for instance or bring up kids to play on at least the third line to get some scoring from at least the top nine. The problem with ho is ho
2: wasn't very good in the minors for the Islanders. Now I know that he had a big name because he were where he was drafted and there's always been headlines about him, but this is a guy that, I mean, he's not producing at a minor league level. There's guys on the Oilers minor league team that have way better numbers than, than Ho-Sang, so what are you telling your own players that are play, outplaying him at that level? Um, there's always things that you could do, there's always trades you could try to do, but I agree with, with 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 Jujar, I don't think he's played anywhere near what he's capable of, and the problem that what you saw in today's game, and Jujar is one example, when the puck's not going in the net, well then there better be other things that you bring. And there was a number of sloppy plays, and he was one of those players, turning the puck over in his own zone, not getting pucks in deep. Those are no-no's. If you aren't putting pluses and goals and points into the bank, then you've got to be play a perfect game in the other aspects and a lot of those players didn't do that today and Jujar, after what we've seen how he's able to contribute in different areas we haven't seen that enough of it out of him this year and again one of the big reasons that uh, all the Oilers lost today's game is their bottom six was badly outplayed by the other team's bottom six
1: 6-2, Panthers win it, Oilers fall to 8-3 and 1 on the season, we'll bring Wes onto the open line, hey Wes, thanks for calling go ahead
5: So mine is about Jujar as well, he has played very poorly this year and he's giving the puck away. When do we bench him and put somebody else in that place to send him a message that he's
1: got to be better?
2: Well, it's a good point. One of the problems right now for the Oilers is they've got guys that They have one extra guy. Yeah, because Archibald is out with an injury, Nygaard is out with an injury. So your guys are playing that uh, may actually be sitting out already as well, Uh, when everyone gets healthy. It's going to be easier to send messages to players, and, and it's also going to be easier for the coaching staff just to put the best players in each and every night. So,
1: uh, you're right. He needs he needs to be better. Absolutely, he needs to be better. And, and like we've talked about, is there? I mean, there have been games where the bottom six hasn't scored, but they've they forechecked, yep. and, and you might say, okay. Uh, you know McDavid and Dreisleidl haven't been on the ice for two and a half minutes But the puck's been in the opponent's end mm-hmm. for two of those two and a half minutes The
2: Washington capital game was a great example Their bottom six was very good in that game without producing goals But they played well Tonight they weren't And it, where it's more noticeable are games like tonight Where the top two lines aren't as good So they need a pick-me-up They yeah. need someone to do something special out of their bottom six And it was noticeable tonight
1: All right. Oilers lose it 6-2. We will uh, get to Doug and others at 780-496-0063. We'll have more post-game reaction. You'll hear from Oscar Kleffbaum. We'll also hear from today's winning goaltender. Pretty solid outing for Sergei Bobrovsky. He gets the win, winds up making 24 saves. We're live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line presented by Heartland 4. We're back after the news.
0: Oilers hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio.
5: Six breaks free. And Mulgan breaks free. Right wing slapper, save Koskinen. Rebound, Hoffman not much, save Koskinen. Another
1: stop on Mulgan. Three consecutive saves for Miko Koskinen. That's your save of the game for Jiffy Lou. Be wise, winterize. Both Oilers goaltenders played today. Mike Smith allowed three early in the second period. He was pulled, though he wasn't getting much help tonight. Koskinen went the rest of the way. Two goals on 15 shots for him, though those were some great saves in the second period to keep the Oilers hanging around. But Edmonton not good enough today, losing 6-2 to the Florida Panthers. Well, check your scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers? Head to edmontontrailer.com. It's eight games without a win for the Oilers' next opponent, the Red Wings, beaten 5-4 by the Blues in overtime. Also, in the first, Sharks and Senators tied 1-1. Islanders up 3-1 on the Flyers. Rangers leading Boston 1-0. Chicago leading Los Angeles 1-0. And still coming up tonight, Anaheim takes on... Vegas, the Edmonton Oil Kings won last night 6 2 over Seattle. Dylan Gunther had a hat trick in that game. Oil Kings doing great so far this season, so that's good to see. We're live in Studio 99, 780 496 0063 is our number. We have Doug standing by. Hey, Doug, thanks a lot for calling.
3: No problem, Rob. Uh, good show. Listen, uh, today's game, it's been stated, uh, weak, weak effort on everybody's part when you come right down to it. Uh, the killer was three shots, three goals. That was the game right there. Uh, a lot of talk about the bottom six, and rightfully so. Uh, we need some help from there, uh, no doubt about it. But to be truthful about it, uh, even our second line, you know, uh, Neil and uh, uh, Nugent have uh, chipped in on some power play goals, but 5-5, five and five. they're not setting the league on fire either when it comes right down to it. So it's just not our bottom six that aren't scoring. Uh, you can even say parts of our second line aren't scoring, right?
2: No, you're absolutely right. And, and I
3: think what's going to happen, guys, is... Uh, they're just going to have to grind it out as best they can until you know, Holland wants to keep the guys on the on the farm over-ripened, uh, lack of a better phrase, right? And I think we're just going to have to grind things out, and hopefully, hopefully, some of these guys do chip in here and there. The bottom two lines, you guys made a great point that they have had a couple good games uh, where they've grinded it out, and the offense has only cycled it, cycled it. But it just seems to me, watching the games overall, that they're... So concentrated on defense, which is good. You want to keep the park under your net, don't get me wrong. But it just seems they concentrate on so much of that, there's no offense their games at all. They barely get to the blue line and they say, well, okay, if we've defended, we got to change. Get out of here. Let like Connor go do his thing, right? So it's like <laughs> they're just afraid to make a mistake uh, defensively, so they concentrate so much on that. They just seem to have lost their offensive flair, or whatever that is that they do have, right? So maybe, maybe maybe, hopefully they'll just grind it out and it'll play out in the long run. Who
2: knows? Well, Dave Tibbett made a good point that if some, they get a bounce and they can get a goal, that'll give them maybe a little confidence and feel good about themselves. I know for a fact from playing that when in every dressing room there's about 20 stat pages that come in. And when you pick up the stat page and you see your name and it has zeros beside it for goals, assists and points, it plays in your mind. It, it honestly does. Because Coming into every season, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to have a good year and whatever you set your goal at, you're like, okay, I'm going to be a 10 goal score, I'm going to be a 15 or I'm going to have, this is going to be my career year, I'm going to score 20. And now you're sitting 12, 13 games into the season and the stat pages say you've got zero. It affects you. It affects your confidence. You play a little tentative. You play a little, you grip the stick a little harder, and I think you're seeing that with some of the players, that uh, they're not playing free because the confidence is waning a little bit. And they also know too, the Oilers have more depth players this year that you could be out of the lineup if it continues. So uh, the stress level, I believe, is probably pretty high in the bottom six, and, and probably should be because there are guys that are gonna be coming back from injury in the next while and they're going to be getting back into the lineup so uh, right now there's a competition but amongst the guys that are on the bottom six bottom seven to see which guys are going to stay in the lineup when everyone's healthy
1: we're live in Studio 99. We've, we've done shows here for uh, all of last season and, and this year, and it's, a, it's it's a different vibe every game. Sunday afternoon game, we got four guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> we're waving individually to all the people that's hanging We out could actually Studio have nine. each of them on the show one yeah. by one. you guys got a deck of cards or something? but <laughs> <laughs> you want to play while we're sitting Well, there's so much going on today, though. Do you <laughs> have a good game of Monopoly, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> there's an NFL <laughs> football
2: game tonight, a good one. There's the the Game 5 of the the World like, Series is on. Like These guys...
1: You guys aren't even having anything. You done already? Oh no, they do have beverages. Just we couldn't see. I was <laughs> like, well, they're really interested. They're just they just stayed to listen. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a game of beer pong going with them. <laughs> we do appreciate it, guys, and sticking around after a bit of a lackluster game. So good for you. Uh, some text here to 630-630. Perry says we should bring up Yamamoto to play with Connor and move Leon to the second line. Uh, J T says fans forget that the, the Oilers don't have the cap space to make a big difference this year. Holland just got here next summer is when he can actually address the wings on the third line center. Another texter says, I think on paper, our bottom six is better than last year's. It's respectable, just underperforming. I agree. And Darcy says, uh, the Oilers are expected to experience lulls throughout the season. However, when they do have certain lackluster results like today, it once again recalls last year's woes. Hopefully it doesn't revert into those similar such scenarios transpiring. Uh, you have to admit the secondary scoring has not drastically changed too much. Yeah, well, you know what, obviously with you, you can't talk about this year without the the last 12 years, 12, 13 years of the Oilers because there's been so much disappointment in so many teams that weren't there that good. So, I, you know, I get it when somebody says, oh, I hope this isn't happening again. The, I, I like that the points are in the bank. I, I recognize the concerns, 8-3-1 and one in itself is is good. They're obviously not going to win two-thirds of their game over the course of the season like they have in the first 12. I, I always think you look at that win total because most teams are going to wind up between 8 and 12 overtime losses usually. Sometimes a team might be have really bad luck in shootouts, but you get to 41 wins, you have a chance. You have a chance to make the playoffs, but it's not a guarantee. You can get to 45 you're, in. you're probably like you're, yeah. and then if you get you know 47, 48, The Oilers had forty-seven the year they made it one hundred and three points. They were, you know, relatively comfortable in. So I, I like that the wins are in the bank. They can't just go five hundred the rest of the way, no, because then you're, you'd be at eighty-seven, which on, that's unlikely to get you in. So you got to try and win. You got to try and win half your games. If you, you could, if you win half your games and you tack on a few overtime shootout losses. That's still kind of the formula I'm, look, I'm looking for for the Oilers over now, the final, what are we down to, 60, uh, 70 left.
2: But as you've said, and we talked about the last few games, the Oilers aren't looking that far ahead. The Lo- no, Oilers no, I'm just no, talking
1: in the pace that yes. you got to be on.
2: So I, I, to me, it's getting the 10-game the segment. And what... What is the? What are the others in their take? Because you like going ten game segments.
1: I've, well, I'm going to do eight this year. Eight. Okay. So what are he they get? Ten points every eight games. Okay. So what are they? What are they? Well, the se- seven and one was the first eight. That was a very good. Which eight. is excellent. Mm-hmm. And now they're just one, two, and one in this segment. But like I said, you can go. You could go three, three, and two. Yeah, you know. Right. So you're a little below play, but you can't go one, six, and one. No. Like if you have a segment where you get eleven or twelve points, then okay, you might be able to go or three, four, and one or, you know, 4-3-1 and one in the next. But if we're sitting, if the Oilers get wiped out on this road trip, then they've almost given back the good start to the season. Yeah, and that it, would be really discouraging. It
2: would, but uh, right now they're going, and the one thing, and you talked about the the Red Wings have lost eight straight. I used to hate playing against teams like that because well, exactly. I'd say they're going to win another game. They're not going to go the rest of the season without a, without a win, so when is that win going to happen? Uh, they had a good game against St. Louis, had a comeback, and they eventually lost it late. And then into overtime, Uh, I think they're a good tonic for the Oilers because I don't think they have a back end that is capable of playing uh, against Connor and Leon. Uh, But they do have some speed in in depth positions and I think that's what caused problems for the Oilers tonight is that the Florida Panthers, their third and fourth lines... They may not scare you with their names, but they certainly had speed. They got after the puck. They got after. They were very good on the forecheck. They created turnovers just because they were tenacious. And I imagine they are going to play a very desperate team in Detroit to start this road trip. And you always want to start the road trip off with a win. It just feels that much better going into the second game. So uh, an important game and one that I imagine we will see Koskinen start, Mm -hmm. just the way today's game went. And he has been uh, very good throughout the season. 6-2
1: Panthers win today. Let's hear from the winning goaltender, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Sergey Bobrovsky.
6: So from the start of this game, the energy was there, the effort was there. Do you feel like you guys were able to set the tone very early on in that
7: first period? Yeah, I thought uh, guys went ready, you know, as you said, full of energy, and it was the solid, good effort, whole 60 minutes effort. What was it like watching that scoring spree during that first couple minutes of the second period from your end? Yeah, it's uh, definitely fun to watch, you know, how they dominate offensively. It's, uh, it's give me energy, too. It's, it's, it's definitely fun to watch how smart they play offensively, and uh, how beautiful all, all, everything you guys are talking about a full 60 a complete game do you think this was pretty pretty close tonight I would say so yeah I would say we, we, we were solid uh, when they scored the second goal we still we, we were play with each other support each other like uh, didn't happen like not happening much you know so we just played our game
3: a lot of speed, a lot of skill. What was it like
6: getting out there challenging these shooters and, and really, for the most part, containing them? Yeah, I think
7: uh, the, my, my, my Ds make my job easier. You know, they they keep them outside and uh, they, they didn't give them middle, you know, so that's... Uh, I think uh, the, the, the whole team played really well, and it's, it's, it's a good win for us.
1: Scott Johnson working the visitors' dressing room. Bobrovsky on the case tonight, making 24 saves as the Panthers beat the Oilers 6-2. Okay, we will bring uh, Brian onto the open line. Brian, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Go ahead.
5: Hey, uh, how's it going with you guys tonight? Pretty good. Uh, so uh, I don't, uh, don't get a chance to ask Rob a question very often. I think today, though, is there, there's a key question. As a player, how, uh, in the past history with the Oilers, they just haven't seemed to be able to perform on afternoon games. Uh, I mean, this year they're, they're 500, one-on-one. But as I said, in the past history, they haven't been able to perform. As a former player, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that?
2: I, I, I've said it before when I was talking to Bob before the game. I loved afternoon games. I did. I think for me, uh, a, a night game, it's the weight that, that, that I hated. I hated going to the morning skate and then come home and then you have to nap. And uh, I, I like getting at her. So I I have no problem with afternoon games. I think that though sometimes you see the afternoon games out east, and, and Bob references, well, that's a 1 o'clock game in new york is 11 a.m for edmonton and they're getting up early but when you're on home ice the afternoon game shouldn't really affect you i mean it's a two o'clock game it's four o'clock for the panthers their body clock time so it shouldn't really affect them and they've been out here for a little bit they're more acclimated to the time out here um it's to me it's it shouldn't be a factor in the game honestly it shouldn't and The Oilers today just weren't as good as the Florida Panthers, and I don't think it was the time of the game. I just think the Florida Panthers played a little bit more desperate than the Edmonton Oilers did.
1: All right, we'll take a quick timeout. Still more post-game reaction from the Oilers' room. They lose 6-2 to the Panthers. Oilers hockey presented by World of Spas. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line.
0: Live, Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630Chad.
1: All Florida today, 6-2, your final. Oilers fall to 8-3-1 on the season. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more, you can go to the Oilers page on 630Chad.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village triple A Steak and Succulent Seafood, cooked at your table celebrate your senses let's go down to the oilers room here's captain connor mcdavid
5: i do feel like that uh, that span right at the start of that period really put a dent in things for you guys tonight
7: yeah of course um you only scored three goals in three minutes two minutes whatever it was i mean it's it's a big hole to climb out of but we um, just weren't good enough all over all, all night
1: what do you think was was missing from your guys game tonight
7: I just thought we got it worked, uh, and they wanted it more than we did. Um would be better. You guys have been coming back all year and, and finding your way to get Ws. I'm a little bit concerned that you're always kind of playing from the line. Yeah, obviously we want, we want to jump on games earlier, um, not wait around and, and until something bad happens to, to grab it. Um, it starts is something that we're always you know, we've always kind of talked about here. So we need to find a way to, to get off the hop.
1: Alright, uh, short and sweet from Connor McDavid uh, Definitely weather's not good enough today Definitely we're at work, lose 6-2 to the Panthers Oh, here's a nice uh, Sunday Treat, maybe he thinks he's calling The Patriots post-game show, but he got mixed up It is Scott in Boston Go ahead, Scott
5: What's up, Reed? Rob, how are you guys?
2: Doing well, doing well
5: all right. That was a great segue because that's actually – I have a couple questions tonight. I missed m- most of the game. I saw a couple statistics. Reed, as always, please grant me 15 seconds. I have a good trivia question for Rob. But here we go. Could someone tell me – I bet the under tonight. I gamble a little bit. Small money. I had the under 6.5. What the heck happened in the first two and a half minutes of the second period? Educate
1: me. Same what thing happened? that happened off the start of the game except Florida scored. The, the Oilers did not play well today. No uh, No energy. No attention to detail. Second
5: period. They got three goals in three minutes. They
2: three, three, yep. three goals, three shots. Three goals, three shots.
5: It's ridiculous. All right. I, I just I like to see the highlights, and I will. I, I, as you said, Reed, I was watching the Patriots a lot, too. This Oiler team is a little too sporadic, a little more for my liking. This winning by five goals one night, losing by five the next night, that's not the hallmark of a team that's going somewhere. A little too wild, for lack of a better term. They need to a st- little more steady. Now, I don't like them splitting goalies like that. I'm going to tell you right now, Mike Smith is his team's number one goalie. I'm telling you right now on October 27th, whatever the heck the day is, if it's going to take the coach and the managers to figure it out in December, they will. Mike Smith is the oilers number one goalie mcdavid had and he needs to get get in there every night give him a night off every few weeks or whatever road trip blah 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 mcdavid had four shots tonight i looked up a couple stats which tied with uh, james nail which is good that shows they're in the game shows they're engaged that's a good thing but uh, i want to see mike Smith as number one goalie now a quick question before trivia do you guys travel with the team when they go on the road no Oh, I was going to say, in January 3rd, we meet up for a beer in Boston.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I probably would have been busy. What's your question? <laughs>
5: All right. Now, Rob, let me preface this by asking. There's a little hint to what I'm going to ask you. Does anyone in the league use it wouldn't stick anymore? Is there anybody or oh, no? Am I way I, outdated?
1: I don't, think so. I, don't think so. I
2: don't think so. I doubt it.
5: I don't think so either. I did when I played. I'm old now. But when I, I played in I high school too. back in the mid-'90s. Oh, yeah, I don't.
2: I don't think there's any players that do anymore. All
5: right, here's your trivia, Rob. We have a battle. I think you. I think we're like tied, like nine and nine. Are you ready for this one? It, another slate. It's like CCNM. CCM. You're either going to nail it, and still you have no clue. What stick? It was wooden, obviously. Did Wayne Gretzky use what brand? Titan. Think you got me, guys. Thank you. Go Oilers.
1: Okay. See you, Scott. Well, that's why I started using a Titan Wayne Gretzky used it. If it works for him, it's got to work for me, right? He's going to be disappointed when he watches the highlights. Uh, you know what? Koskinen's been better than two goalies. Yes,
2: I was going to say that, but know he, how he how kept by going. no
1: means has Mike Smith been been poor or anything like that. Well, Koskinen's been better.
2: He's five and zero oh on the season, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's
2: undefeated. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, who knows where the, the season's going to go goaltending wise? Maybe one eventually will separate himself from the other, but right now. Koskinen has been slightly better than Mike Smith. I like what they're doing going back and forth with the goaltenders. I think it's fair because both players deserve the crease. And uh, Dave Tippett has is, is given them both the opportunity to prove that they are capable of playing 40 to 50 to 60 or whatever it is they want. But uh, I think that as long as both goalies continue to give them Quality starts, Dave Tippett is going to continue to rotate them the way he Well, is.
1: and I think he wants to stick with what he said in the summer, where, I mean, he told us, I went to both goalies and, I, and said, I hope you play, each play 41 mm. games and play f- really well. Yep. And that's what Smith was told when he, I mean, Smith has a contract with performance bonuses based on how many games he played. So, sure, motivation to play better, but he was never promised. So I think if Tippett is eight games into the season and then goes to a goalie and says, oh, you're only playing once every eighth game now, then the goalie's going to say, well, what what you told me in the summer. I think they've got to stick with this for a while.
2: Until the performance dictates. Until it really swings, right. Yeah, but right now it hasn't. Right now both goaltenders have deserved their starts. But if you were going to go strictly on stats, Koskinen has been a little bit better
1: should also mention another score of interest today. The uh, season ending for the Edmonton Huskies of the Prairie Football Conference played the championship game in Saskatoon, lost to the Hilltops 30-14. Okay, our next broadcast, we got the back-to-back. Tuesday, Wednesday, at Detroit, at Columbus for the Oilers. Both days, 4 o'clock face-off show, and the games will start at 5.30. So we'll see if the Oilers can get uh, back on track against the Red Wings. Of course, Edmonton now with just one victory in its last four games. Big thanks to Troy Bowler. He's been our engineer here at Rogers Place. Brett Holden working the board back at the 630 Chet studio, and Kellen Kennedy along for the ride as well. Thanks, guys. Always appreciate it. You can get more on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. Florida, clearly better this afternoon, beating Edmonton decisively 6-2 is your final we've been live in studio 99 oilers hockey is presented by world of spas overtime open line is presented by heartland ford on behalf of rob brown i'm reed wilkins thanks for listening have a great sunday night